time I went sea bus super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail. This is the final word, World Cup Daily. Day two with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, the Seabus Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. Visit seabussuper.com.au. Jeff, what a performance by the West Indies. I'm going to get you to immediately tell us all about it in 30 seconds. Starting the timer now. Well, it was a marvellous performance by Pakistan to restrict the West Indies to 108 runs. The only problem was that Pakistan batted first. They were bowled out inside 22 overs, and the West Indies then cantered to that target in about a dozen overs themselves. Chris Gale smashed 50 off 30-odd balls. Nobody in the Pakistan batting lineup could do anything, and it was a fierce battle of all fast, all short bowling from the West Indies. They smashed them out with pace and bounce, and it was all over. Just on 30 seconds. We're going to get good at this through the course of the tournament, I suspect, Jeff. You almost buried the lead there. I was going to jump in and say, what about the short pitch bowling? It's becoming a bit of a theme of the Can tournament. Can you bury the lead inside 30 seconds? I know, right? You got to you got to 24 seconds. I'm like, you've got to mention the bouncers. And the bouncers were what we were talking about for the duration of the, the short Pakistan innings. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw it yesterday with Jofra Archer, and that was such a major talking point after he forced Hashim Amlet to retire hurt. We saw consistent short-pitch bowling reaping significant benefits today. I mean, for, for a competition where we spent so much time talking about bat supremacy over ball before it began. It feels as though the bowlers have found a way to get their own back in the space of a couple of days. That's exactly it. And that is why I'm nominating my player of the day to be Andre Russell. He didn't actually bowl that much. He only bowled three overs, but he took two wickets for four runs. And he was the one who created the menace. A lot of the wickets that fell to short balls later Mm. were to bad pull shots. But Russell was the one who tangled up for Kazaman after he was looking pretty good early, smashed 22 off 16 balls, hit a couple of boundaries, and then he got tangled up the ball sort of hit him in the helmet and then rolled back onto his stumps and bowled him. And that was when the Pakistani players started getting nervous. It was remarked upon by Ben Jones, our mate in the Crickviz Stats Factory, that Andre Russell, his first 16 balls were all classified short by their metrics, which says a fair bit about the consistency of purpose. Obviously, he's usually a T20 bowler, Russell, but to, to come in and, and hit the length, usually you'd expect hitting a length would be getting the, the batsman on the front foot at the start of any innings, but he took a different approach and that pace is also what we saw from O'Shane Thomas, who was named out of the match. Having quite the 2019, the young man, only 22 years of age, took four for 27. But remarkably, he was like the fifth bowler used by the captain, Jason Holder. So they've got a fair bit of depth as well. So he was your player of the day, was he? Yeah. Yes, that's right. I, we, we, we've definitely got to that segment, Jeff. Okay. He, he, you've already named your player of the day, so well, I'm responding in kind. Good, good. Um, I also, I just love the name O'Shane. O'Shane. It sounds, it sounds like an Irish fellow, but um, I'm, I, just, I just resisted doing an accent there. I'm just not going to go there particularly. The, the accents you do when you're trying to do an Irish accent can often come out any number of Celtic nations, as we talked about yesterday. I think. They're a tour around the linguistic world. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, there was this little moment when, when Fakar was 
blasting away at the top and then Babar Azam looked pretty good. He made 22 as well and seemed to be stroking the ball nicely and even Mohamed Hafiz came in a little later and it looked pretty good for 16 and then hold out off the hook shot. So there were these moments where you thought Pakistan might rebuild but ultimately it all crashed away. Everybody else made single figures aside from Wahab Riaz who came in at the end and smashed a quick 18, a couple of sixes but it was well too late by that point. He just got them over 100. Yeah, the real story though is West Indies bowling, isn't it? Uh, we can over-index on how poor Pakistan were, but and I know that West Indies in white ball cricket have been a force, especially at 20 over level and, and have threatened at different periods through 50 over cricket, but let's remember, they qualified for this tournament by the skin of their teeth. Scotland should have beat them, if not for rain, last year in the qualification tournament in Harare. Scotland would have gone through, not the West Indies. Yeah. I mean, that's only, I think that might be 13 or 14 months ago, and here they are. And on the, on the evidence of what we've seen here and the way they played against England back in what would have been February or March, whenever that tour was, it, it's easy to mount a case that they'll be there right at the very end of this tournament. And yeah, I've, I've sort of, started getting on them a couple of weeks ago yeah, because I was just thinking that the amount of batting power they've got would be enough to challenge almost anything as long as they get going on their given day. Nobody's really talked them up until this performance. So you can hear a few crashes and bangs. That's the Afghan players hitting sixes into the stands behind us. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll, come, we'll come to them later. Um, but, but, yeah, that power that the West Indies have got through that middle order and then to back that up with the battery of fast bowlers the one missing thing in their arsenal is spin they've got Ashley Nurse in the side who was not required today (laughs) he had the easiest match for you'll ever get did 20 overs of fielding didn't bowl didn't bat (laughs) received his check and uh, he'll pop that in the bank I hope he got his afternoon tea when you get a TFC thanks for coming you don't bat don't bowl just feel the the key is hoarding into the to the offering in the interval so I'm sure I hope they got fed I'm just thinking about it though I think that they went straight from one innings to the next so they might not have even reached the point where they got their got their tuck well the the game was over so quickly that they replayed it three times on <laughs> cable TV here before the um, predicted end of play would have actually come about so we scooted through it in 30 odd overs but uh, and the West Indies fastballers didn't have to do much four overs for Cottrell five for Holder that was about as hard as the work got Russell was limping a bit at the end of play looked like he might have just uh, pulled a muscle or tweaked something so uh, he might be on the physio bench in mm. between their next hit out which is against Australia in uh, quite a few days down the track. Yeah it, it's a decent breather they've got now and we'll talk about Australia in a second segment but it's a contest early on that you probably would have looked at the schedule and thought West Indies technically a qualifier in ninth position or actually I think they go through in 10th position technically given mm-hmm. the way the, the tournament worked last year playing Australia to defending champions you think that's a mismatch but um, look we'll see about that uh, it's, it's been a, a long four years. Yeah any thoughts on Chris Gale he bashed 50 off 34 was not fluent hit a few sixes but he, he looks like he looks like an old man at the crease these days. Well, all that matters is that they got the runs quickly so Looking back historically at the importance of putting the foot down 20 years ago in this tournament, England were the side who went out uh, due to net run rate because they didn't punish sides after bowling them out cheaply. So um, they're, they're, they're going back in time to see why. I mean, you don't get any reward for having wickets in the bank um, at the end of an international when you're chasing. It's all about how quickly you do the job. So I don't think they'll, they'll mind at all um, how he looked. It was that he was effective in getting them there in, what was it, 13.4 overs? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And he was 
very effective. I, I just wonder about, I mean... Oh, he's, he's an old man. Don't worry about he's that. He's become a bit of a liability in the field. He, he got off the mark with a single, which was unusual, but it took him about a minute and a half to get down the other end. He did take a catch, a deflection, and he took a slip. It probably would have ended up somewhere down at fine leg had proper contact been made. But yes, it was glacial, the movement to his left at this stage. But I mean, we saw against England again in that domestic, in that, sorry, that bilateral series they played earlier in the year that he's still capable of hitting the long ball, got a great eye. So there is still a role for a player like that. It isn't just for athletes. I mean, it's kind of comforting in a way. Nicholas Poorin, 34, not out of 19 balls. He had a bit of fun as well. And one thing that did stand out to me as a little good news story for Pakistan is that Mohammad Amir took wickets. Now, he has not taken wickets in ODIs in a long time. Since they won the Champions Trophy two years ago, he's played 15 times, he's taken five wickets, and he's averaging 92 runs a wicket. He's had a lot of wicketless matches, but he picked up three for um, in pretty good time, three mm. for 26 off six overs, and looked like he might have found a bit. You must you missed the chance to pop him in the, the final word Hall of Fame there, Jeff. This is the stage of the show each day where we're going to give uh, ourselves an opportunity to reflect on, on on who we want to put into a Hall of Fame, which will then break down into some sort of bracket-style competition. Yeah, who uh, or what. And, and I'll, Yeah, who or what. So, I mean, I, I was going to nominate net run rate, actually, for, okay. that, for that very reason, that yep. um, in, a, in a round-robin system where everybody plays everybody, net run rate almost certainly will, will come into calculation. Um, and the West Indies have done themselves a... A strong service there. It probably means that based on a couple of tweets I saw before, they only need to win five of their remaining eight games. That's a very good place to be. I would like to nominate one Wahab Riaz over in the middle of Chris Kale slogging everything over mid-wicket for six. Wahab Riaz bowled a maiden to him. And not just an ordinary one, like a, a nice quick one, some short bowling. Gale was leaving stuff. He had balls zipping past the outside edge. I think Wahab was then clattered for probably 15 and another 15 from his next couple of overs. But there was a beautiful little oasis of comfort for fast bowlers. We needed a scandal early in the tournament. I wouldn't quite call it a scandal, but a ticketing mishap. There were a lot of people that were left outside of Trent Bridge today, which required the ICC to pop a statement out and explain that there's a raft of things going on, but basically print your tickets out at home. If you were one of the people who wasn't able to get their tickets delivered by mail in time, please print them at home well, because there, there are people waiting at the front not getting in. Huge numbers of tickets haven't been delivered. The ICC are refunding almost all of the tickets for that game, I think, because they have to. There will be a significant financial blow. But there were people who missed almost the entire match because it was over in 30 overs there were people who queued up outside for two hours it's a genuine disaster i do not know how you can stuff that up and we all know the ticket companies are basically the parasites of the earth and they've ruined another event uh, final nomination from me just the bouncer so you know it goes in and out of fashion uh, i'm looking forward to it being an important part of this tournament i'm sure it will be when australia play afghanistan tomorrow so who's the Hall of Fame entry mm, for the day? It's, it's, it's a, there's a few options there, isn't there? I, I think it's the ticketing malarkey. It has to be ticketing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that gets the Guernsey. Okay, Hall people, of Fame. People standing outside the ground for 30 overs and missing an entire match, that's in the Hall of Fame. Righto, in it goes. That's the end of part one of the World Cup Daily on the final word on day two. A word from our sponsors. Back in a sec. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. <laughs> well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interests at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. <laughs> okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Superfund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% 
over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. the final word world cup daily day two adam collins and jeff lemon for c bus super we are here in bristol jeff we traveled up today i got here this morning you a fraction late i got to watch australia train and the press conference and so on and we're watching some range hitting now the boundaries here are so short straight um that well two things one people are in genuine danger in the crowd uh, tomorrow i think uh, the volunteers who who were working during australia's session marcus stoyness i'll tell you what he must have hit 20 balls into the seats and, uh, and we've seen some enormous blows from the Afghanistan batsmen as well in their training session now under light. So I feel as though uh, that will be a major part of our discussion tomorrow. Well, hopefully it means he can turn the corner in the middle because he hasn't hit anything into the stands while That's playing true. for Australia for a long time. But also Hasratul Azazai, the young left-handed Afghan opener who's just devastating when he gets up and going. He hit a ball literally out of the ground when I was watching about 15 minutes ago from a centre wicket net into the street. So things could be fun tomorrow. It's a day-night game here at Bristol, Australia and Afghanistan opening up their campaigns. The day game is over in Cardiff, New Zealand and Sri Lanka. We'll be talking about both of those tomorrow. Um, At the Australian session today, the most notable uh, point of interest was Stephen Smith. Of course, he and David Warner are making their first appearances for Australia in a competitive game since that scandalous weekend at Newlands that feels like a million years ago. It was about 17 months ago, I think, is the, the calculation. The first moment where their quick info pages will update that last, most recent. You know, they, they yes. have they have ODI debut and they have last played. Yes, that's right. They will do. Indeed, they've not had any games in that column, really, apart from their T20. It. Um, it all says 2018 at the moment, and we're right. about to get a nine in there. That's right. So Steve Smith batted for 40 minutes longer than anyone else in the Australian side out there. In classic Steve Smith fashion, Aaron Finch talked about the fact that now he's no longer captain, Smith gets a bit bored. He just wants to bat all the time. And when he's not allowed to bat, he gets sad. So Smith was standing in the nets. I didn't see this, but our colleague Jared Kimber saw him. Um, If you can imagine batting all the way into the edge of the net, so his bum pretty much in the side of the net and trying to reach balls off his stumps. Mm. I'm not sure what that's all about, but that's the epitome of making room for yourself, I think. So he's digging deep into his already vast bag of tricks. I can't wait to watch him actually bat in a competitive game. Yeah, well, he was very good to watch in the warm-up against England at Southampton. uh, Started getting a few of his trick shots out later in the innings after some dull accumulation. But it'd be nice to be that easily satisfied in life, wouldn't it? Just, what are you doing? I'm batting. You happy? Yeah, batting. Yep. As long as I'm batting. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the second happiest place he is in, and that's the first, of course, being in the middle in a game situation. David Warner's fit. He had a, he'd hurt his right bum. Bum cheek. Um, I'm not sure um, how it happened, but it happened at some stage during the warm-up fixtures, and he's been declared fit after a scan. Um, he's going to open he's the batting. right bum. But, but Warner, Warner is going to open the batting with Finch, so that means Kawaja won't be. Kawaja's duking it out with Sean Marsh for the final Australian batting spot. Whoever wins that duel will go in at three. Surely it'll be Kawaja, but the door's been left ajar for Marsh, um, and also for all the bowlers. Instructively, Finch said, I've got no steer on who's going to play tomorrow with bowlers. We're, we're, we're not going to make the decisions all day. All the bowlers are up and about. They're all fit. It, it's a pretty good place to be as a squad when you don't actually know who your best bowlers are. It, it demonstrates that they're quite 
egalitarian across the board there and they they can mix and match depending on i guess what the data says about the opposition and, and the conditions and so forth it's a yeah i mean they're, they're not coming into this tournament as favorites far from it but they have got options and you know that those bowlers will all play a part they've been picked to to come in and role play and you were writing today about andy bickle who was being referenced by aaron finch who, you yeah. know as, as someone who came in in 2003 2003 2003 2003 2003 2003 world cup andy bickle played a pivotal role in uh getting some good wins for Australia got them over the line with ball and bat and and I liked the the commentary around Kane Richardson to this effect so Justin Langer yesterday was saying that Richardson was a bowler who he thought a year ago was finished but had realized uh, uh, since that he, he had changed the way he thought about his cricket and here he is in the World Cup squad and I wouldn't doubt for a heartbeat that, that Kane Richardson replacing of course Jai who's injured could play a role it was a nice little story Langer was telling yesterday so yeah they're, they're in they're in pretty good nick and, and the only other thing that I'd note from uh, from the press conferences is when Gulbadeen Naib the, the Afghani captain was was addressing the media he was asked whether they have the best spin bowling lineup in the world and he goes I don't know you tell me that was his answer so <laughs> it was a nice moment uh, to talking there with our colleague Jerry Kimber. I'll tell you the other thing I noticed is that when Gilbert and I changed his shirt out in the middle of the ground before, you can individually identify muscles on him oh, yeah. from the grandstand. He's fit. He's, he's enormous. He's like he has arms like legs of ham. It's terrifying. What a lovely place to leave it. Hopefully his legs and, and, uh, and abdo- abdominal muscles will feature in the Final Word Hall of Fame at some point. Imagine the if him and Stoinis have a rig off tomorrow night, just shirts <laughs> off at 22 yards. So who's bowling, who's batting, I don't mind. But, you know, some kind of rig-based thing. We're running up to 20 minutes. That's enough for us on day two of the Final Word World Cup Daily brought to you by CBUS. Of course, you can follow and support our weekly feature show, which will continue through the tournament at patreon.com forward slash the final word. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran into empty broke this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members, while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.